Talking Like Normal People is brought to you by MyCastingFile.com. MyCastingFile, the place for talent to get their start. All right, welcome to Talking Like Normal People, a show dedicated to talking about acting, casting, and auditions, and probably some other things too. With people who love it, today is an other things too uh, segment of our show. I am your host, Ryan Glorioso, casting director based in New Orleans, Louisiana. Once again, I want to thank thank all of our listeners and subscribers. Please continue to help us out by rating, reviewing, and subscribing on iTunes or Google Play or SoundCloud or Podbean or Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. Look for us. All right. We have our postcard of the week. It comes from Amanda Diane. Um It's three headshots on the front. Nice. Right? I'm showing everyone. And it says, new headshots? Who dis? (laughs) Amanda Diane. Right? And it's got some graphic. And then it's kind of wordy on the back, but I'll just go ahead and read it. Hi, Ryan. Happy Halloween. So it's a little old. Sorry. Uh, Did you go all out with your costume or was it low key? Now, if she followed me on Instagram, she would know that I went all out. I went all out. No, you guys, I was going to say you guys weren't low key at all. I want a costume contest. (laughs) As you can imagine, as an actor, I love wearing costumes, but no, I'm not wearing costumes on the front. Ha ha, it's just a few headshots, new headshots. Switching gears, this quote is really resonating. Oh my God, I'm so tired of reading this. Sorry. Switching gears, this quote is really resonating with me right now. It goes, Be at war with your vices, at peace with your neighbors, and let every new year find you a better person. Benjamin Franklin. All the best. Amanda Diane. She's with Pastorini Bosby Talent. That's in Houston. All right. uh, Or on Instagram, Ms. Amanda Diane. All right. I did that. All right. It's going to, it's, I'm not keeping it. I don't know if you probably, uh, well, I'll tell you about it after. I'm talking to you our guests. Play, you who placed I it nicely on the table instead of throwing it. I, so I, get I know. It. I usually throw it, but I felt so bad because she, 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 you know, yeah. she spent so much money on like, or it took so much time to write this form email or right. message. Well, it was personal yeah. somewhat. Not, I mean, somewhat. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, our guest this week uh, works in a different capacity than our normal guests. Um, if you are a working actor, there's a good chance she has stared at your face and picked apart your work to make your performance the best it can be. With credits in editorial departments of major motion pictures like Olympus Has Fallen, Texas Chainsaw 3D, as well as documentaries and TV shows, her current project, Breasts, which she also directed, is making its way through the festival circuit. It's a uh, to very positive reception. Please welcome editor extraordinaire Ava Contis. Hello. Where's welcome. The uh, we put that in we have that. Yeah. yeah, we okay. have that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, what was I, I going to say before I? Oh, we do a, a, a postcard of the week. Obviously, um, I was going to tell her. Oh, I, the thing. My thing about postcards is uh, like the very first episode. I went on this whole tirade about how I hate po- getting postcards and I never look at them. So Aww. now I look at one on every episode because people send I more will of them. Never send you a postcard. <laughs> no, like actor postcards. What not about like you. movie postcards? Okay. Okay. Sure. <laughs> now I'm all worried about like wow. No, you, I you never can, send a postcard. Not. I mean, like you go to Hawaii. I want a postcard. For okay. Me. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Ava, tell us about you. Um, you know, like, who are you? Where'd you come from? How'd you get into show business? Show you can go as far back as you want. Yeah, I mean, I can't. I mean, I could go back really far. Um, it's like, it's something that I've always wanted to do. 
Um, but editing kind of, um, I always say it was a calculated move. Uh, I've always wanted to be a storyteller, um, a director, a writer, although I like directing more than I like um, writing, and I like editing more than I like writing. So, um, But I, I, I actually just worked for free for a year. I was a school teacher and took out my retirement, worked for a year for free, and I knew that if I got into editorial, I would learn story, I would learn about performance, I would learn about filmmaking from, you know, a kind of a wider perspective because you're the first person, like one of the first people on the job and then you're last to go. So, um, so how did you, um, so you were a teacher before getting into filmmaking. Did you go to film school or anything like that? No, I took a couple of classes. No, I actually turned down film school when I was younger and then I got a degree in Latin American studies. You know, that (laughs) certainly hasn't done anything for me. Uh, I speak Spanish, but that's, that's, that's about it. Um, it might have a role for you. Yeah. Good. (laughs) I'm sure I don't look the part though. Uh, so yeah, I, I did take classes. I took classes at, um, Cal, Cal, uh, what is it? CSUN, Cal State Northridge. And then that's kind of like how I made my connections to work for free. And then Craigslist, people are always looking for, for, um, for free work on Craigslist. And so I took every opportunity I can. This is like what years back in the day? Or? This was probably like 2003 or four. And you were in Los Angeles? Mm-hmm. I was in LA. And there's okay. just a plethora of, of poor filmmakers trying to get get the work done and and I had a my professor lived down the street for me and so he kind of became my mentor and so I would go to productions and they would say like we can't afford assistant editor and I'm like I don't need money I need experience and my mentor would like teach me how to do it properly and then I did it for the production properly and then that just led to paying work eventually nice yeah and I learned the new software at the time it was Final Cut Pro so I I bought a computer and put the software on it and learned it and no other editor knew that so I actually got bumped up to editor faster Smart. because of that yeah now did, calculating were you working for a like a big editing house or mm-hmm. something no i was never qualified to do that you okay. know and i didn't want to like i'm not a secretary type i can't do excel i can't i'm just not good at making copies so those sorts of jobs just never worked for me so i just found it like freelancing really worked for my personality so okay. i would just go from from gig to gig. And then, so then, uh, how long were you out in LA and then how did you transition to being in Louisiana? That's a good question. Um, I was in LA for about eight years and I was at that point where either I jumped into assistant editing on the like big picture union level, which meant 14 hour days and a long commute in LA. And I was a single mom and I'm a single mom and that just wasn't going to work for, for my lifestyle. So, I was always looking for other ways to stay in, you know, stay in editing and stay doing what I love to do. And so I, um, I did a lot of work at home. The low budget stuff is like they're happy to just have me with my computer and they didn't care where I was because they couldn't afford an office. Um, and then I just realized that like the commute time was starting to kill me. And and uh, I came to Shreveport where we met yeah. and met some people. I had a friend who had who was from there. That was kind of the connection to Shreveport. And then. Um, when Moonbot Studios, right before it was Moonbot Studios, um, started up, Lambton Enix called me up and said, hey, you still want to come down to Louisiana? And I said, yeah. So it really started in Shreveport. And Love then, Lambton Enix. I know. Yeah. Got, brought me to the state. That's awesome. Yeah. Lambton, um, I doubt he listens to this podcast, but if you do, we hi. Can, we can send it to and you. And how are you doing? He's awesome and responsible for so much of like the beginning of my casting career too right 
That's he, really cool. I mean, I did some of my first projects were, you know, with him over and over, you know, in shows yeah. he was producing. He's an awesome guy. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, yeah. no, and then we yeah, we worked in Moonbot for a while, and and then you know what happened to Shreveport. And then Moonbot won an Academy Award. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Yeah. Did you edit on mm-hmm. uh, on the flying yeah. books of Morris? Fantastic flying, flying books. books of Mr. Morris Lesmore. Wow. Wow. Yes. That's awesome. Yeah. That's a, so, a mouthful. So yeah. you got to edit uh, an Academy Award winning sure. short film. Yeah. That's it was, amazing. It was. Pretty awesome. It was just. Kind it's a of, beautiful movie. Mm-hmm. It it was, and a lot of like a lot of heart and soul was put into it, mm-hmm. and I think that's why it is so beautiful. It was, you know, Moonbot did grow, and I should have put that in your intro. Yeah. God. Well, it's not. It look. I worked did on. Did you get it. to touch it? No, I didn't. What? I should have. I know. <laughs> I can still. I'm sure I can call up Bill and go, "Hey, can I, I want to hold the Oscar? It. I want to hold the Oscar. <laughs> yeah. There's two of them, right? Because Brandon did Brandon get one too? Did they get two uh, of them, or they have to share it? I don't know. You don't know. I think you have. Mm, I don't know. Brandon Oldenburg. Yes. Yeah. William William Joyce. William Joyce. William yeah. Joyce. Awesome. Okay, so then you're in Shreveport and you're getting these gigs and you're working for Moonbot and then you're you become sort of this go-to editor in the area or what? Not really. No. <laughs> nope. Uh, I did do like some of the union shows that came through. I was a union um, editor and so I did assistant editing, but I still was working for people in LA and I. I through my connections in LA, I worked for, you know, I got a film in Singapore and, um, a lot of my work wasn't coming from. So if the film is in Singapore, do you have to go to Singapore or you just do it here? No, it's great. You can do everything from your, really your couch if you want to. Um, and then, yeah, you'd know that you could Dropbox and Frame.io and. Now, are you, are you of an era that, uh, is strictly, uh, an editor on your computer online all this stuff or do you know how to edit film as well like cut it I actually oh you know the thing I gave up when I moved to the state was my moviola I did have a moviola not that I ever really edited on that um I mean n- nobody really shoots on actual film these days right it's well there would be some arguments but yes you're, you're, you're most people don't and when it's you're not certainly not editing on film um but I did I did edit a short my mentor insisted that I learn how to sync dailies and understand the concept of a bin and it really did help me understand the process because mm-hmm. um, the digital the digital world that you look at is all based on like a room which had actual bins in it and yeah, so a lot of the terminology and things and even in the software references things that would have been right oh, totally yeah. like getting like yeah. you're on the cutting room floor right yeah, yeah, yeah. You that's know, right. Because the floor you're actually your footage was actually on the cutting room floor. We would have picked it up and put it in a trim bin, but yes, it probably would have just fallen to the floor. Sorry, guys. And you have a trim bin on like the electronic stuff, or that's what it's called, or no, not yeah. so much because the you, you don't like it used to you used to physically cut the film, and now you just mark an in and an out, and it's a virtual cut. Um, that's just kind of technical. You don't you know, everything kind of stays intact. But um, but back in the day, you'd actually cut. You'd get your print, and you'd cut that piece out and slice everything back, or glue, you know, glue or tape everything back together, and then you'd save that little piece that you cut out and hang it up. Mm. Okay. Yeah. No. It's, All right. We, so we, that that's way too granular. <laughs> so now you're in New Orleans, and this is home now. This is home. Yeah. And you like it? I love it. All right. I love, I love it here. too. So let's get into some questions because right. we, we have a lot of actors who listen to the show and 
you know, I th- I just think that actors may not be as familiar with your world and how they affect your world and how you affect their world, right. you know? So maybe there's some things we can we can teach them about this. So uh, what is the editor's relationship uh, with an actor's performance? Um, well, we're kind of, we, like, it's weird whenever I edit and I get to know, I, you, I basically get to know you on an intimate level and it's so weird to run into people. Because they have no idea. They have who no you. idea. And like, I can hug you and like, I feel so close because I spend day after day. You know, like basically, if you shoot 40 hours of footage, I always say this, like I have to look at all 40 hours at least once and I'm going to tell you it's more than once. I pour over every little thing your face does. Every move you make, every breath you take. <laughs> so <laughs> what... I'm watching you. <laughs> Sorry, nice. I had to take I like it to it. the end. Yeah. So that was actually going to be one of, one of my questions in this was, do you actually watch all the footage? Clearly you do. Yes. What, so what if you have that much footage of of a thing how do you remember you know like is there is there like a system where you like mark something with like this gets two stars uh like this clip gets two stars or like i'm gonna put this in a bin that's selects or so. that's sele- okay yeah that's a good question well actually it starts with the director the director has what what are called circle takes and so you know for every setup you you'll have a circle take and then I know that that's the director's favorite performance. But, you know, when you think about a take, um, you know, the first half might be great and the second half might be weak. But then another take may have a strong first half and a not so, I mean, the and opposite. you'll, yeah, you'll edit you can, them right, together, piece it together. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, there's circle takes. I'll always pull my selects. Maybe I'll put markers in there. Um, that's a first impression. I mean, uh, when you start to get granular and the story starts to emerge more, you, you, you start to look for different things. Now, I'm sure there are situations where there are circle takes, and but then the story starts to develop a certain way, and maybe those circle takes have to go away. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Is that hard? I mean, is that like, are you not as connected to, uh, like, do, are you not as... Um, uh, What's the word I'm looking for? You don't have as much invested as like the director that was there on the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're, is it easier for you to say, no, we have to. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly why I think it's why I, in your title, like edit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. To, to be able to, to do the checks and the balances. I think um, you're totally right. I think when directors are there, they know what it took and they know how they felt in that moment. And then my job is to, to, tell the emotional story and it may not be that emotional moment it may be a moment before or after it just depends hmm. but i don't have the final say as an editor either so it, it is ultimately the director's choice right so okay back to the relationship with the actor um is there any uh, i mean i get like you you get to know them on in a way that they don't know you <laughs> Um, but what is what is your relationship like to their performance? Like, are you able to make them better? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would prefer not to have to do that. <laughs> like, can I start with that? Um, yeah. I mean, look, it's like kind of like when you take a photo and you kind of crop around it and suddenly the eyes come out or the, you know, the smile looks brighter or whatever, whatever it might be. So I think the trims um, help so much with performance. Um, I mean, I've done everything from, 
you know, I've had some really bad performances. I had this one actor with the director and I spent literally weeks trying to make him look good and he would make so many ums and ahs and oh, every time he would sit down, oh, every time he would get up and we had to like just trim all of that out. And, and who was that? I, okay. I don't remember his name. He's a really nice guy. But, but if we, you saw him on the street... I would totally recognize him. <laughs> yeah, I would totally I might want to hug him. I don't know, yeah. <laughs> so um, what is... What is some of or the most common mistake that you see actors making whenever you're editing? Um, well, there's a couple of, I mean, I don't know if it's a mistake so much as is like what could be, what could make your performance better. I think one of the, the number one things is, um, you know, the, I, I mean, look, it can be when you say action. I say that the minute the camera's up, start being in character because I've taken so many things from before action mm. and after action. Um, just be in that moment from the minute they, you know, you know, the rolling sound. Um, the other thing is following through on your action and your performance. When they say cut, don't stop, just keep going and let it just like, let it, let it find your natural, the natural end if you can. Um, I mean, that can be a discussion with the director, but I don't think directors are, the, you, usually a director will be thinking about what they got and so many times if, you, if an actor keeps going there'll be this wonderful beautiful moment that I can cut around and nice. so just keep it I would say definitely keep it keep it going um, the other thing too is is um, uh, uh, giving different reads that are like don't you try not to be one note if I have five takes and you're doing five takes give me something different to play with, you know, make, 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 make a different choice. Give us something, make us make choices in the editing suite. So, okay, let's, let's get into that a little bit. So different takes, but shouldn't the takes or sh should they be consistent or somewhat as consistent, like with the same setup, I you think know, if you, if you make it, the, the advice I would give is if you make a choice, take it through, know what your choices are before you go in there. And, you know, I, again, like it depends on your relationship with the director. If you're a day player, if you're, if you're, if you're, if you're a lead, chances are you've had many discussions with the director about this. So I think it goes on a case by case basis, but if you're going to make a choice, you know, you make a, you make a choice ahead of time and you do it for every single setup. So you, so that there mm. is consistency with, and you can make that choice throughout, like, you know, I'm not saying like go overboard and give me something complete. I don't think anybody wants that. Don't reinterpret the script. Right, right. But you know, if you're doing anger and do an anger where you're holding it in, like where you're you're like going to explode, and then do another anger where you do maybe explode. You know, because it both could be both are anger, but they're both different yeah. directions to go. Um, you know, and again, you can't just, you know, I, I guess I get to conversation with a director, but there's nothing better than being in the editing room and having choices. How does a day player, though, how, like we deal with a lot of day players here, you know, um, that's a lot of what the actors here get. So how does a day player deal with something like that? Like, should they take that? I mean, from your point of view, I guess, yes, they should take that risk. But is that so from my point of view is you know, especially on TV, they're coming in, they're doing this audition yeah. and uh, most times there's no callback. It's like, okay, they're doing what, what we are pretty close to what we right. want it to be. Yeah. So, um, how risky, like, what are they risking? Are they risking anything by trying a little bit more? 
No, I think if you're, if, I think you're right. If you're, especially with a day player, and this is this is outside of my realm. I'm not going to pretend to be an expert on this. I would definitely do what you were called in to do. But you know, every once in a while, then they say they have they have what they want. You know, maybe it depends on what your day play position is. You know, if you're playing off somebody else, I doubt it. But if you are the lead in that moment, and you're like, hey, can we do one more? All they can do is say no. I mean, yeah. if, you, if you're nice enough about it, like, hey, do you have an idea? Can we do one more? Yeah, just don't push it. Just don't push <laughs> don't it. Don't push it. Yeah, and don't be arrogant about <laughs> if it. If they don't... say no, then move on. <laughs> yeah, and be, I would say the, the humility in there is like, it's not like, hey, I know better, but like, right. hey, I have an idea. Can I? Can we do one more take? Yeah. And and then, nope, nope, move on. Yeah, and they yeah. may they may legitimately not have time and need to move on. Yeah. Like, like the show... Uh, that I'm doing now, like, look at all this rain. They are just like in the weeds big time, you know, like yeah. everything's moved around. It's like everybody's just like running around like chicken with their head cut off. And that's when you're so. the one hit wonder. Like you get in there, <laughs> yeah, you get it in one it. take and they love you for that. <laughs> exactly. You know? There's, yeah. So um, what can an actor do? This may fall into what we just talked about or maybe there's some other stuff. What can an actor do to make your job easier? Are there any like technical things like, you know, maybe continuity like or... continuity, looking in uh, the right spot? Eyeline, uh, yeah. Eyeline. Yeah. Do yeah. do you think yeah. do you find that new actors often aren't looking in the right spot, or are they being guided properly by like the DP or? Yeah, not like things are so busy on set. You're not always guided. You really, I do think that there's a couple of things. Um, you know, the, the script super is there to help you with continuity. Um, be a just be like that is your job to be aware of that mm-hmm. and i've the greatest actors will come up and go hey by the way i was used you know i like that the hat was on the, my left side not my right side like that's wonderful even though it's not technically your job to be aware of those things always always helps um yeah that i mean definitely like whatever you do in the wide you've got to match it in your in your close-up and that goes for emotional um impact too and energy mm-hmm. all of that needs to, to to flow um eyeline is really important and you're allowed to ask so like, what what is the best eyeline for an actor like if they are playing it's just them you know the close-up shot uh and it's just them in the camera and they're talking to one person. Mm-hmm. So what should their eyes be doing? Like whether or not the person's on the left or the right side of the camera, um, where should where should their like POV be like in relation to the lens? That's you need to admit you need to ask when you're there because it just depends on like I, I like if I couldn't I can't give you a general rule and I right. kind of don't know the actor tips but it, I do know that you can ask and say where should I be looking? Okay. Um, I would say that when it comes to cutting i love to look for like a a moment of looking away or looking it it just yeah, it's got to be varied like just don't stare doe-eyed at, at right. your character but um and be very specific i mean the big thing is be very specific when you do look don't look everywhere but try to be try to be natural like how are we looking at each other right, right now and like when does it get weird when we're looking at each other for right. too long but but <laughs> uh, oftentimes especially if they're work a day players working with a big star the star won't be there chances are they're having right. someone read to them someone's yeah. reading to them so yeah. i i saw and i'm sure jason's probably saw seen it too um there's this old uh acting video that michael kane made have you ever mm-hmm. seen the michael kane yeah he tells you which he, eye to... yeah and he talks about the eye line and the camera mm-hmm. and it's like if you're looking uh you're say you're looking at the at the side of the lens focus with your outside eye on the lens and it'll bring your eye closer to the center of of the of, oh. the, of what do you call the 
the lens thing. I'm not. I'm so not technical. The aperture. The I don't think yeah, you the get lens, that. I think it just the center of the lens. Yeah. So if you if you use your like outside lens to be the 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 furthest eye to be the closest, mm. the one you're focusing, the on. one you're focusing on, right? Yeah, that It'll makes bring sense. everything uh, closer without actually looking into the lens. Right. So you're lo- look you're looking on the, the edge of the of the lens, but focusing on with this left eye. Right. Uh, I don't know. If, I don't now, know if anybody's gonna be able to visualize that. Well, and I think that <laughs> they also too. It, it just depends on where the camera is and what they're expecting of you. And I think that's right. why it's important to ask. And they'll they want they want it. And so they'll look at the monitor and they'll tell you. I think the the thing that I guess the takeaway is is you know you're allowed to ask questions. I mean you don't want to be like like where am I supposed to stand? Like you do need to be proactive. But if, the, yeah. if when in doubt, it's like when you ask for your line, you're allowed to like if you're fumbling, you're allowed to stop ask for your line and take it back and yeah that's all okay that's you know again nothing and don't beat yourself up too hard about it do, unless no, you keep doing it if, <laughs> unless you keep doing it and i think also the other thing is if once you've done that man capitalize on that moment that's a do-over do it right don't throw away the line that's actually another piece of advice i get so many people will go line and then they'll they'll like oh you know i'm sorry i left you and they're like sorry i left you Oh, they I'm throw like, the line away they'll after throw it they away, get it. And I'm like, ah, oh, I can't even use that. So, um, you know, take that moment. You've just stopped everything, and your your other actor is usually going to be gracious about it, and they'll you know ask for their cue and and um, take that moment to do it right and do it, you know, try to do better. I guess. Do better. Different. <laughs> be good. Not, not better. Not fair. So, I may not ask you this question because I feel like we were just kind of talking about it. Are you familiar with different camera lenses, or is that not your world? I mean, as a as a director, I'm learning, but that's not my world, no. Okay. No. So I was going to say, like, what's your perspective of um, the actor's performance based on different lenses? But well, maybe I, I mean, need to get a DP in here. Yeah, well, I actually think what you're saying, like, like for there's a close-up medium and wide, that has nothing to do with a lens. That has to do with, okay. um, you know, what how you capture that is not the same as what I'm looking at. So... So you said you said that they need to have the same energy and you know give the consistent performance. But yeah. what are what are the differences that they can they should be they should know what to do uh, based on those different uh, framings? Yeah, that's a good question because I think um, when you're in a wide shot, your energy or your performance it can be bigger because it's wider. And this again, this these are all think skills. I don't know how to teach this skill. All I know is what I see. Um, but a close-up, man, we can we can see everything. So if you move your head like a, a lot, like you have to keep so steady because moving your head is really distracting and looks dorky. It just looks if you see it, it looks dorky. Um, the other thing is making mugging faces, like where you know where your eyebrows go up and the little wing or like. You know, with uh, the, you know I, that stuff makes me nuts because it's like it's not usable. You yeah. have to like trust. Again, I don't know how to act, but you got to trust that like, the stillness inside you. Like if you're hurt or angry, if you believe that, we'll believe it. Just trust it. I I um tell actors all the time if you think it we can see it that's what i say yeah, yeah as a director i mind that's yeah. i'm like just just think it we can see that yeah dare to be boring yeah yeah and you'd be surprised like. There's just something behind that eye that just we capture and that you don't have to do with a with a, you know, a face. Yeah. You don't have to put that little muggy extra button at the end of your. Yeah. No, <laughs> no please. Um, that's that's good. And then there's a, uh, a two shot. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, what? 
Oh, yeah. You know, actually, one piece of advice I would say, um, it, when it comes to dialogue, actually, the time, like, you know, I'm, I'm sure everybody knows not to talk over each other. But sometimes in real life, we do talk over each other. And so um, I would say that when when you're in a two shot and you're both on screen together, or there's five of you on screen together, you can talk each, over each other. Like that's, that's fine. Cause that's what we see. Mm. Um, but we do want a clean performance from your singles and we can overlap secret. Nice. We get to do the overlap. Editing. It's editing. editing. Yeah. I have an interesting yeah. uh, tip from Mr. Gary Grubbs that told me <laughs> if you're ever in a scene with a lead, make sure you like tap them on the shoulder so that they have to use the two shot instead of the shot with just the lead. <laughs> really? Is that true? I've never heard that. <laughs> well, because you wouldn't just have a random arm in the picture, so you'd use the two shot. Oh, that's also tricky stuff. <laughs> like that's like people who want to flood. That's the... how you don't make the cutting room floor. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, the, but you know, I, I always hear chips like about like you know don't do well on your medium shot, so they use the close up. Ah, like, yeah. here's the thing: you can't have a movie of all close ups. It makes you claustrophobic. Right. Yeah. And there's a lot of information that we get from you picking up your coffee cup or you slipping something under your book or like there's yeah. information we need. And I think inserts are kind of can be cheesy. So in a lot of people don't always shoot them so if you don't give me that information then we're missing plot points because of some trickery <laughs> yeah. um so yeah i mean like so there's like absolutely your emotional moment like just, here's this real secret do a really good emotional performance on your close-up and we'll use it mm -hmm. like well, that's how we choose to like we choose on performance we choose the person that's the most interesting you know watch watch a, a conference like an over-the-shoulder conversation and sometimes it's about story, but like usually it's on the most interesting person. It's the person who's got the most interesting performance. Hmm. How does your relationship with a director's vision come into play? I mean, you see all this footage, obviously there's the circle take, but then you're determining how long a take plays out versus cutting to something else. And is that something you have to keep going back and forth with? Or? Oh yeah. That's what, that's what takes so long really. I think um, a lot of it is about pacing you know, and pacing a feature versus pacing a short. Um, but, you know, usually the director's vision is kind of clear in the way it's shot and you know what they want. I think it's always boring when they do bore, like typical coverage and, you know, over the shoulder of the shoulder, medium wide. I mean, it's, it's very much what TV does, but in, and I, and I do come from the feature world. So, um, but you kind of know what the director wants. Your, your job is to see something they haven't seen before mm. and they can come in and they can not like anything you've done or they can go, wow, I never thought of it that way. I've had both happen. You know, there's, there's not like it, there's a lot of things you can do holding on like, God, the first cut, you're always holding on stuff. Because, oh, look, at the performance is so strong. And, oh, I feel so emotional. And then you watch it like three or four times. You're like, oh, my God, it's lagging. <laughs> you know, pick up the pace. Sure. Hmm. So. So that's yeah. how you shorten a movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, we'll cut it. We'll trim, cut it. We'll cut trim it. out, cut trim, out. Trim, trim, trim. Ah, cool. Um, have you ever been so captivated by, uh, in the process by an actor that you want to work harder to make their performance better? Yeah, well, you know, not. I mean, I've done a lot of B movies with a lot of, um, you know, new talent, and and you know, the, so like a lot of the feature stuff I, I I've done, I would say no, but I, that's why I love doing shorts because I get to work with 
you know, usually better talent for less money, unfortunately. But I, yeah, there's a few performers. Actually, you know, when Terry Weibel's performance in Breasts was just so, like, there was just so many different choices. I had so many subtle, like, nothing over the top, but just those emotional beats and those emotional moments that, like, there's nothing better. Like, because a lot of, a lot of the the B and C world is is about process of elimination. Like you edit by process of elimination. The one take that's not messed up, where we get our plot point that might have some emotion in there. Great, moving on. Um, whereas with the shorts, you know, I really get to mold a performance. Um, I got to edit um, an old stage actress, and she did this beautiful, incredible performance. Um, uh, it was like it was about Al- she had Alzheimer's disease and she could only communicate through Shakespeare, mm. and it was just so much fun to play with with those performances. There's nothing better than someone who gives me choices to play with. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, um, this is a little outside of probably the editing, just based on your, your short film work. How do you how do you make a a good short film? I mean, I've seen a lot of short films, yeah. and it's <laughs> nice when you see a good one. You know, yeah. How did what's yeah. what what do I mean? Since you have worked so extensively in making short films, editing them or directing them, how do you make it a, a film? You know, with a beginning, middle, and end in such a short amount of time. Well, I think that it is the the, the key is to not make a feature and put it in a short. And I think so many times people take fifteen or twenty minutes. And they try to put a you know what is normally done in ninety minutes. Mm. So I think the first thing is shortening the scope and really kind of putting a scene together that is an emotional scene that could be part of a bigger picture um so that would be because it's it's all like i always use a metaphor and i'm not like not everybody gets it but it's like a if anyone who's ever sliced a layer cake the bigger the layer cake you know the the bigger the wider the cake the higher your layers can go so the smaller the, the cake, you can't go so high. So to me, it's the same thing with a, a short film. You can't put too many layers into a short amount of time because people don't have time to absorb it. Right. So I guess that's my advice is don't try to put a feature in a short. Nice. And what, uh, how has uh, writing and directing changed your perspective or has it as an editor? Uh, yeah, it's really interesting because I... I tend, and I think everyone when they start writing tends to overwrite. So you you put so much on the page and you edit it um, on paper, and then when you get in there and you're watching it, and what seems to be interesting on paper may not be. And then part of like a lot of what an editor does, it, we do cut dialogue, and sometimes it's not because your performance was bad; it's because it just didn't serve the story. So don't feel bad if something's been cut, like this great monologue got cut. It's like mm, it just might have been too much. Uh, so yeah, cutting cutting my dialogue, cutting and, your own dialogue. Yeah, it's yeah. like oh well, but you know, actually, I don't have a, I don't have a thing about it. I'm like I don't I don't think I'm I don't think I'm precious. So. Hope not. <laughs> so tell us about about breasts, your latest project. Like, what's going on with it, and will people ever be able to see it? What's the deal? I hope people will be able to see it. <laughs> well, if you are in Dusseldorf tonight, Dusseldorf, yes, good it's tonight. Um, yeah, we we are screening in Dusseldorf. We've had actually, and I can announce this now. We are also going to be at the Capital Festival in Berlin, and 
the end of November. Wow. Um, Are you going to go? No, I just, uh, I'm too tired. Um, and it's probably really expensive. I know, well, sure. and I was just saying I need to get into some work mode to, um, before I go jumping off to another film festival. But yeah, it's doing the film festival circuit right now. And then after that, my goal is for people to see it. And I know that the whole team, the whole reason we made this film was not just to be... Um, on a film festival circuit and like patting ourselves on the back the film the subject matter is something that we want people to see we, we were hoping to get it to nonprofits and 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 get, allow mothers to see this and to kind what's, of spread the what's word. the storyline in a nutshell like um it's a, it's a without uh, giving it away sure well i mean there's there's um yeah there's always a little surprise um it's a breastfeeding mother who's who's gone gone to back to work when her son's you know eight to 12 weeks old and she's balancing breastfeeding and and work and her male co-worker is very uncomfortable with um, her breaks and slaps her with a sexual harassment complaint nice Sounds sounds good. I haven't okay. gotten a chance to see it yet. I really want to see it. So maybe I'll get a link or something that, that I would not share with anyone. Under your Christmas tree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, awesome. Do you have any questions for me or anything that I didn't cover that you wanted to talk about that might be of interest to actors from an editor's point of view? Uh let me think about it. I'm sure I'm sure there is. I'm sure like tonight I'm gonna go I'm like, oh I should have, I should have. Uh, I think, you know, one of the pieces of advice I would give to actors is put yourself on tape as often as you can. Don't wait to be on set and just practice. Like, take a look. Put the put the camera in your face and just see what happens yeah. when you do certain things. And I think it's just a really valuable tool to for you to look at it and maybe even try to t- shoot some coverage and try to cut it together and just see some of the problems that arise. Mm. Nice. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Well, they certainly do a lot of self-tape auditions, you know, actors do. Um, so they mm-hmm. are putting themselves on tape, not cutting things together per se, but uh, it's usually like a one static shot. Yeah, I've Uh, seen those. Yeah, yeah. I think think it is valuable in in that not only with the coverage, but you know, in in a lot of acting classes we're we're free and open and we do things differently every Mm -hmm. time. But then uh, I've worked as a script supervisor once and did a very poor job at it, but I learned a lot with even that, just understanding the things that you need to keep in mind, in, in addition to your performance, all the little things to make uh, editing easier later yeah. or performances for other people. That's why that's why acting is so hard. Like I so admire. I guess I didn't say this. I so admire what you guys do. I, I it's it's a really tough craft, and you're super vulnerable, and then you have to be super professional and think about all these different things at once. So it's it's not easy, and I respect it so much. Even even you know when you guys like there's nothing wrong with messing up it's part of the process so right. i think that that's like it's i really admire that and and i think a lot of people when they go for, i love working with stage actors because stage actors are such good preparers you know and it's just different but it's a different world it's bigger you got to be big on stage and when yeah. you're on film it's just you got to just quieter and smaller and so one of the things we talked about with uh with our guests that we had uh, previous recording on is and most of our guests who have done theater is that you know there's this lengthy rehearsal process in theater mm-hmm. and especially with day players there's never Nothing. rehearsal yeah does that is that good for you as an editor that they're not getting a chance to rehearse does it bring out like a natural uh you know, in the moment performance yeah that or yeah. like something like that or is or would you 
prefer to see that they had more time to rehearse. That's such a, we actually had this conversation last night. A bunch of directors <clears throat> were talking. We all got together with this students at UNO and kind of discussing that, that sort of thing. And that's a really interesting question because, you know, Clint Eastwood doesn't like to have to, to, doesn't like to rehearse. Some actors need to rehearse. To me, it's all about, okay, whatever you need to do, whatever you, you know. But as an actor, you don't, you, that's a luxury. And I think that as a day player, you've got to just, that's what makes it so hard. You've got to come in and just be on. And I know th- what you're doing. You got to know what you're doing. And it's the, so with rehearsals, I think rehearsals can actually pound something to death. I can say that I can see a, an actor that's over, over practiced their lines because mm-hmm. you, there's no variation in it. Mm. Like it's there's it's the same exact thing every time, and five takes of that can be boring. So maybe maybe rehearsals is not necessary. Like I think film is not a rehearsal medium as much as as um, as theater. The theater yeah. is yeah 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 the muscle memory. Like I, that's the thing that you don't get. You got to do it that for what well, you get that one rehearsal. You better have some good muscle memory. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. hard. It's uh, man, but that's the job, and maybe that's mm-hmm. why one of the reasons you get paid so much more. Yeah, in film as opposed to theater, you know. Definitely, I mean, it's it's a skill. Like anybody who thinks they can just go do it, it's a lot hard. I did actually, by the way, did try. I was nineteen or eighteen. I went to L.A. and I went to Strasbourg, and I got discovered, and I had an agent. <laughs> And I hated it. I, hate, I couldn't do it. I could do theater was not, I can't say easy. It was just but you have worked the, for me. Yeah, and you have like, there's just like a different aspect in theater in the, in the sense that you have this like time to build a rapport with people mm-hmm. and you make friends and it's a community. Yeah, there's and a chemistry. When and you're a day player and you arrive to set, everybody else has been working together for six weeks. That's and a you're, really tough environment to be in. I mean, they're yeah. usually somewhat friendly but it's just a machine sometimes it's like, all right yeah. go sit in your your little room for six hours we'll come get you when we're ready put those clothes on yeah yeah knock 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 we're ready okay for we're you. ready for you i had a time where it was just a, a mistake and got sent to the wrong place so when i got there it was just ready to shoot so no highs no nothing just sit down and and you're i mean you haven't spoken to anybody and you're just going gosh that's incredible yeah yeah Yeah, no it's it's like and that's your job that's your job to turn on and turn off it's so strange but um it is you're right that is why actors get paid because it's 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 a tough and 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 professional craft yeah and um you know like i i was telling actors this past weekend at a thing i did you know, um, you are being paid. So we're expecting you to know how to do the job, even if it's your first time. Like, you know, yes, you you can ask questions and and whatnot, but you do need to be prepared and ready and and know what you're doing. Yeah, and your questions really need to be professional questions. Like, okay, what was the moment before um, like those are good questions, mm-hmm. like to understand context. Um, a lot of actors, because things are shot out of order, don't know. And that, in order for them to stay in their emotional moment, they just remind me what the moment before. I think eye line's a good thing to ask. But if you can't hit your mark or you don't understand, um, you know how to do a run through, like you should, you should know how to do those things. I think. Um, not that I could. Like I'm not saying I do, but <laughs> <laughs> again, I bow down to you guys. Ah. Uh. Well, I don't have any more questions. So, uh, are we are we looking good, Jason? Yeah, yeah, we're doing great. All right, so I guess we could end it there. Um, yeah, I think I think this was really valuable for actors, especially because there's a lot, like I said, in, in classes that we're we don't think about because we're just wor- working on performance. But I've I found that 
when you can add those other layers. And I still get confused sometimes on which shot we're on and, and what I can do. I think it, it more understanding like the different shots and, and what you can do can open your performance up a little bit more mm-hmm. because especially as day players or, or if you're only on for a few days, you're cautious because you don't want to rock the boat. You don't want to do too right. much to get kicked yeah. out of there, I guess, or, or whatever. So I think knowing that the, knowing that they're on the wide and you have a little bit more freedom or whatever mm-hmm. is, is helpful. Yeah. Yeah, did, definitely. Did I ask this question? Mm-hmm. So I asked you about the being captivated by a performance and just wanting to, you know, dive into it and make it even better. Have you ever had to fix something that you have to keep because it's a major part of the sh- of the story? Uh, and how do you fix the performance? Like what bes- there, outside of reshooting? Yeah, there's only so much you you can do. Um, the things that we do because the answer to the question, I've actually seen roles completely end up out of the picture because they were or cut down to a bare minimum. Um, but they had to be there for plot points. Um, and then I told you about the lead that we had for this one movie that I worked on, that his performance was just really difficult to mold. And we could only get so far because ultimately, it, it, it like there's a lot of things like ums and ahs, that's, that's wrong, but there's also like that emotional moment and eye line and all these things. I mean, we, we do things like flop shots. Mm. Um, What's that? We turn, we, 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 we take the image and we turn, turn it around. So, um, like to change an eye line or something. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, or if they cross the line, um, like under, understanding the, 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 the axis line and that sort of thing. I mean, that's not your job, but to understand it is a good idea. Um, yeah. I mean, the real what is thing. The, the, just so oh, people know, what is the axis line? It's. It's when you. I guess the best way to. I would first of all, I would Google it because I'm not gonna. I'm gonna butcher the definition. But basically, it's when you're. What to explain it is like when you're looking at the screen and you, as the audience, understand the geography from left to right. It's when you go. When you go, you flip that around and you're. You don't know where you are anymore. And okay. it's so I just Google it. Don't ask me to explain it because it's going to be that's, one of those things that's hard to explain. That makes sense, actually. But, but I do want to say, like, if you if you know, like what we do do is we'll be on the actor that's good. Like <laughs> we'll be we'll just stay on that person. And so that's what happens. Like you get less screen time when you that's how we cut around bad performances. I worked on a project where we revoiced an actress the entire thing. And uh, like that's another thing we can do. Oh, actually, but let, before we move on, we sh- I should talk about ADR. And, oh yeah, because ADR is is a really important part of the the actor's process. There's almost no film that doesn't somehow do some sort of ADR. If it's not for sound issues, it's for performance. And um, that's another thing we did with this actor that the, the ums and the ahs is that we did eight hours of ADR redoing his lines. Does um, that actor listen to this podcast? No, okay. I'm like, I don't think so. Okay. No, no, he's not local. This is okay. years. This is this big beginning of my career. Okay. Um, but don't check my IMDb. <laughs> okay. um, I won't give you any more details. Uh, First movie. No, it's not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't think. No. Um, so eight hours yeah. of ADR. Yeah. Which is additional recording, right? Yeah. And it, you, and this is where performances can change. Like very often they'll bring you in to do like, okay, well, we want the read to be a little more sympathetic because everybody hates your character and you're, now this is the time that you're becoming nice and we have to like make that transition. So it can be for story, it can be for performance, it could be for technical issues. 
take it seriously. Like you bring the same performance that you brought to set for the ADR. It's so, so important because the sound, the sound, like it's, it's, it's not just lip syncing. It's you got to be in that emotional moment. Hmm. We I did one with um, what's her name from nine hundred two one zero that actress. Um, Tori Spelling. No, the dark hair gal. Uh, Shannon. Shannon Doherty, Doherty. who's yeah. actually a really strong actress. Yeah. And she did this whole scene where she was in tears and crying, and then it turned out the air conditioner was on. We had to redo the whole thing. Oh God. And she was so angry. But she did it like one take. Like, she's a real pro. Like, she got in there, got into that emotional moment, probably used a little bit of that anger. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Uh, but yeah, so definitely, t- like, bring your performance to ADR. Don't think it's lip syncing. It's definitely mm-hmm. um, about performance. Now, are you, are, as an editor, uh, are you usually present for an ADR session? Not necessarily. I have been in the low-budget world. I have been. Um, but maybe, maybe not. The director usually is. Yeah. Yeah. If you need motivation, there's a clip of Hugh Jackman for um, Logan doing ADR, and he's like totally in it. Just, ah, it's just it's awesome. Yeah, yeah, no, it's a, it's it is a performance, and it's so a lot of people will come in and just think like trying to lip sync and match it up, and like it's way more than that. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. I've had to do ADR before, and it's it's not easy. No, it's, it's another thing. Easy. Like I, I practice that, you know, you practice with a QuickTime movie of yourself, and then try to replace uh, your dialogue uh, no it's hard yeah well this has been pretty informative this yeah, is awesome thank um, you so uh jason thanks yeah, for thank you producing for... and asking questions um we have some social media at talk like normal at glorioso casting at jason edwards tv at full grown mouse justin tc underscore underscore do you have any social media that you want people to follow like oh, yeah. for breast or anything um yeah, I think we're. Uh, well, I don't know all my social They're media on handles. Facebook. Yeah, we're on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter as well as it's I like am on Breast yeah. the Movie or something. Breast the Movie or Breast the Short Film. It'll come up. Or just find <laughs> me and I'll point you in the right direction. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming. I think this is going to be an awesome episode for people to learn from. And uh, yeah, so that's it. All right. We did thanks, it. guys. We did another you. one. Woohoo! Talking Like Normal People is brought to you by MyCastingFile.com. Create a searchable profile accessible by multiple casting directors who are casting major film, television, and commercial projects. MyCastingFile.com.